I'm glad to be here with you all. I'm glad you came. Yeah, the alternative would be just me. <laughs> standing up here. And that would not be fun. <laughs> so, we're glad you made it. We're glad you made it. Uh, again, we want to stress um, our encouragement to you to stay safe. Uh, but I, I would also say uh, don't freak out. <laughs> okay, so we've been working on this concept of shalom, wholeness, for several months now, uh, since last year. And as we started Lent, uh, though we have entered into this phase uh, that I could refer to as internet uh, internalization. There you go. Wow. Internalization. That's how you pronounce it? Okay. Gracias. Because we may know concepts. We may know these things that uh, we read, that we learn. But are they real? And are they really making an impact in our lives? And I think this process of looking at these concepts and trying to make them our own and figuring out how that is impacting our lives is, is, is of utmost importance. Um, actually, Rhonda referred to one of those things today, right? You know, five years ago, how would we react to some of these things? And I think that that's impactful. That's, that's really important. That means that somehow, this mystery of God and concepts like faith and peace do play a role in our lives. And as we were uh, mentioning a few uh, days ago, a few uh, weeks ago, it so happens that we have been labeled, right? Remember? Mm -hmm. That we have been stamped and our foreheads, and it's not by ashes, <laughs> but we have been labeled Salt and light. and light of the world. And these things, again, we read them and we say, oh, that's so nice. It sounds beautiful. But we need to figure out what does that mean for us? What's our stance? What is the result of that label that Jesus gives us? So Paul has been helping us also through this process and he has been talking about the, the, this thing about justification and righteousness and how that has been given to us as a, a present from the Lord. And it has been given to us with purpose. So we dive in uh, into Romans 5. And uh, I'll start with reading Romans 5 and verses 1 through 5. If 
you have it in your Bible, so I suggest you look it up. If not, uh, it's okay. We can just listen. So it says, Therefore, since we're justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings. Knowing that suffering is productive. It produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces Hope and hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Let's pray. We are again so glad, Lord, that you have brought us here. And we are again so glad that you're speaking to us. I pray. That through the words that we share in our thoughts, meditations, you will do that fantastic work that only you can do. In Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, I chose the, the, the title of this sermon um, before we had this avalanche of news <laughs> that came over us this week. <laughs> Protected. <laughs> Right, and uh, as as all this was going on, I was scratching my head. Uh, you know, well, what does that mean? He's gone from you know funny to full panic. Right? I don't know if it, if if you were online at the beginning of the week or even last week or before uh, they were showing uh, memes of of a Corona bottle in the in the refrigerator on one side of the refrigerator and then the other uh, items had masks, you know, in the other side and were you know trying to, to protect themselves from the Corona uh, bottle. <laughs> And and everybody was, you know, just having fun with it. And all of a sudden, now people are panicking, right? And there's panic in the stores. Now we have events that are shutting down and workspaces that are shutting down. And people uh, that are encouraged to stay home. And some now must stay home. Because schools are out, <laughs> and you know we're going to have to find a way to figure out what our kids are going to be doing. Uh, and of course, you probably have experienced uh, a lot of the lack or shortages of sanitation products. Yeah, one of the most popular being the toilet paper. <laughs> that somehow the question arises: What does toilet paper have to do with anything? And it is now really serious. And we know that some of the reactions of folks even go to the ridiculous. 
And I wonder, does this speak about the current state of our society? Does this speak about our condition as a people? As a nation? As a city? As, as folk? Does it reflect all these hidden anxieties that we don't necessarily speak out loud about? And more importantly, how do we cope? How do we react? How do we function? How do we work in light of that label that we have of being salt and light of the world? Could, be, could this be an opportunity for us to show something different to the world? I don't know. Uh, even, is this a real crisis or is this just a perceived crisis? Because you know how things work, right? Uh, a reality is perception. I was thinking of the experience of people in Puerto Rico after Maria. And about people in Louisiana, New Orleans, after Katrina. And even going back to the people in Mexico City in the 80s when the big 9.2 earthquake hit. What they faced was real. It wasn't perceived. It was real. And it made them come together as community. It forced them to overcome their condition as a people and a society and act in a different way. So that they could help each other. So that they could get over that disaster. One of the most important things that happened in the island, for example, and I've heard this from several people, is that people got to speak with their neighbor again. They were forced to. <laughs> neighbor, can I use part of your generator? Can I put an extension so I can have some power six months a year? without power. It forced people to engage. So what do we communicate in times like these? Is it our reaction to point fingers? Oh, this is the government, so oh, look at what they're doing. Or not. Look how they're reacting. Who do you blame for a hurricane, right? Who do you blame for an earthquake? Who do you blame for a virus? Did we invite this in? Did we create it? So I think that the message of Romans is, is, is not just a theological message, right? It's not just this address of a theological or a way of thinking about 
God, a system of thinking about God. I think that Paul was writing not just a theological argument. I think it's very practical. Perhaps they were not dealing with an earthquake or a hurricane or a virus, but they were surely dealing with existential crisis. Whenever there is a change in your life, you start asking questions. What in the world does this mean? If you are now changed from being part of a society and being cool with your neighbors, being cool in the sense of your business relationships, being cool in, in, in general to now being one of those outsiders, to now being one of those that they point the finger at, to now being one person that may not have access to their normal business way, what do you do? And all of this because somehow you have learned about Jesus and that has impacted your life. Hmm. What do you do? Even if your own community is not selling you toilet paper. <laughs> right? <laughs> or other necessary goods because you're now following Christ. You see, we don't think about the Romans in those terms, do we? We don't really think that they were in trouble or that they were going through difficult times. We just think, oh, that's just Paul, you know, being Paul. <laughs> and I think that Paul, even himself, was dealing with his own issues because he was at the end of his career. Right? I mean, he's going through this process. He's been working for years. He's been doing all this stuff. And now he's getting this sense of, wait, wait, wait. Uh, maybe this is not going to go on for too long here. What do I do? <laughs> right? What do I do? We know that this is one of those, his last letters. I mean, this is... This is probably the one that culminates everything. So there could be anxiety involved even in Paul. So all this speak about justification, you know, and all these Christian words that we use, right? Righteousness. <laughs> right? All this talk is, is, is relevant. It's important. Not just because it's truth, and yes, we know that and we accept that, but because it matters to life itself. Because it matters to us. Because it matters in how we look at the world. And how we look at ourselves. I mean, how do you act? If you are certain, for sure, that you are right with God. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> right? Yes. How do you move around the world? 
If you don't have anything to worry about. I remember the, 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 the words of, of, of this statement. Maybe you know it. The Lord is my shepherd. Uh-huh. We, we go to the valley of the shadow of death, right? But, but there's that. I shall not want. And that means no need. There is nothing Nothing that I need, that I am in want of. So how do you face the world? I mean, do you operate or do you function out of fear? Right? So this is what Paul says. He says that we're justified, that we're made right by faith. Therefore, we have peace with God. And grace and hope. And those, I mean, those, those words, again, they're, they're nice, but they should have an impact on how we look at this whole situation around us today. We have peace with God and we know that peace shalom is wholesomeness right is wholeness is being complete is being made whole so there is no want so this you know phrase glory of God is sometimes very spiritualized and very uh, sometimes very looked at from far away Oh, the glory of God, you know, and we're thinking of the, oh, you know, whatever that is. I don't know what comes into mind for you. But that statement, I think, is not only a statement just to think about, but to be actualized. It's a statement for reality, not just concepts in our brains. And what I mean by that is that it can be a concept that is not tangible. And, and we, 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 we usually do that with scripture. We read these things and we, we say, oh, this sounds nice. It sounds really good. I think it, I like it. Actually, I even may agree with it. But we don't necessarily bring that to fruition. Note that Paul connects these phrases together boasting in the hope of sharing in that glory and boasting in our suffering you hear that boasting in the hope I mean exalting fulfilling you know when somebody boasts about something they're bragging right Bragging in the hope that we have and bragging in our sufferings. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
the thing about that is that one can truly boast when it's real think about that you cannot boast in concept you get that? I cannot brag about a story that I'm telling you that is false because there's nothing to brag about it's not real it doesn't have implications it's just a story but if you truly brag about something that's because something is real in your life so can you brag about your sufferings and again suffering in this context is like that term that captures human experience of, of even of those who are believers and I think even of Paul I mean Paul did not have an easy life Paul had struggles after struggles after struggles he faced situations after situation after situation and deciding to follow Christ was not a way for him to capitalize on his 401k or the billions of dollars that he had on his investments that was not the boasting that he was going through it was not about obtaining solutions or resolutions to all of his problems or all that he was facing or all the difficult circumstances he went through I mean think about these words endurance character hope which does not disappoint I mean I, I like the descriptor there right hope which does not disappoint Amen. Mm. love poured out in our hearts I, I, I just have an impromptu question. How full are you? Hmm. It's poured in our hearts through the Holy Spirit given to us. Again, I want to ask this question one more time. How full are you? I don't know, these things, they just sound like the stuff that we need, right? They just sound like the, the stuff that we need as we have this race of life, right? As we are engaging in this connection. So at the beginning, the question was, do we operate out of fear? And of course, fear can be associated with insecurity. Yeah. Which is what is being announced everywhere from left to right <laughs> right yeah. hey there's no security you must feel insecure so stay home the warnings come up right and say don't get close don't hang around together and this is a button then I find myself at the store <laughs> picking stuff from the shelves <laughs> right and I'm looking at them and saying oh wait how many hands have been through this did they wash their hands insecurity 
And you know what happens? Our bodies react to insecurity, don't they? Yes. Yes. But what's the reaction? Anxiety, panic. Because of that fight or flight, you know, the autosomatic function in our bodies. And, and we're like, ah! Right? <laughs> and and, and we're, we're freaking out. That response is physical. I had a fellow yesterday that was saying, I don't understand why people freak out like this. And I'm like, well, I do. It's perfectly clear to me. You're built that way. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's, that means that you're alive and that your body is functioning and it's doing what it's supposed to do because it's trying to protect you, right? It's trying to prepare you for what's next, whatever that is. So there's this perception that you get and then you like, you know, your body's saying like, get ready, you better run, <laughs> right? So, you know, we're in that process because when we perceive a threat, whether it's real or imagined, our bodies do respond. And that's automatic. But the deal is, is that our body is thinking that, hey, we need to control this situation. Right? It's stating the parameters here. We, we better survive. So, you know, there's a certain level of control that we're trying to exert over that. That means, what can you control? Run. Or hide. Or protect yourself. This practical response. In true human form, we prepare for the apocalypse when, you know, it's just a scrimmage. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, we're going to die. Then we hear the words endurance, character, hope, love. And that's the thing, you know, this is the result of the exercise of what we need to go through. That's just the process that we need to go through. You know, we prepare for whatever threat it is out there, but then our logic kicks in and we're trying to figure out, okay, so wait a minute, do I really need to run? Do I need to prepare? How do I do this? And this is when truth comes into play. So that we can calm all those perceptions that we may have. And perhaps the energy that we have, right? You're, 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 you're shooting, um, uh, what, what is that, epinephrine? You know, what is that? Uh, what is that? Uh, adrenaline. Adrenaline, adrenaline, I was forgetting. Uh, you know, the, the body's producing adrenaline and you get it. And, and, and maybe what we need to do with all this adrenaline is to put it to good use. Right? Maybe we should invest in some solutions and creativity, right? Communal collaboration rather than the hoarding out of panic, right? I mean, some of these things come to play. I mean, there's been solutions already being developed in Puerto Rico. We saw a picture yesterday of new organic paper. They're called banana leaves. <laughs> Organic toilet paper, there you go. I mean, pictures is already wrapped up and everything. <laughs> Others have invented solutions with shower heads. And, uh, I mean, I'm not going to get into all that, but. Uh, 
who knows what's next? I mean, right? Creativity. I mean, the thing is that we, we could use that energy. Now, so still there's fear, and I'm going to conclude with this. Whether it's real or perceived, there's still this thing about fear. And this is what Paul says, verse 6. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. And I've thought about this for, for many years. Because this has implications about the concept that we have of God. And it has implications about the concept that we have of ourselves. When Paul says that even when we didn't have an understanding in ourselves of who we were or how big God is. God provided for us. Even when we didn't realize it, God had already worked on it. You, you get what I'm saying, right? Verse 8 says, and God proves His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Hmm. And, and I don't know again if if these statements really hit us, but they should. Because if God had already provided for you and for me, even when we didn't know that we needed it, that means that God is way ahead of us. Right? It means that God is somewhat hmm, colloquial. He's got this. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more surely, having been reconciled, will we be saved by His life. We immediately go to that place of, oh, salvation, it must be heaven, right? It must be future thing, but not necessarily today. But 11 says, but more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now, right? We're putting it now in perspective as far as time. Whom, whom, in whom we have now received reconciliation. Now to me, reconciliation promotes peace. Right? That means that reconciliation promotes wholeness. And if God provided for us, even when we did not know what we would need... And we trust God. And we trust God that He already knows what's happening. I'm sure that God is not going to get toilet paper for us. Please don't get me wrong, but 
<laughs> he's not going to go to the store and supply uh, 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 those needs. I, I, I get it. But the question is, should we panic? If we don't have any. <laughs> I bet you didn't know that Romans, when Paul was writing, he was talking about toilet paper. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I can hear it now through the social media. It's getting out. Paul was talking about toilet paper. <laughs> Okay, so this is, it must be the Puerto Rican fall. In any case, <laughs> the fact remains we are not alone and we are not forsaken. Amen. God is with us. Amen. He's a good, good father. Amen. We say these things. So we're protected, even if the threat is real. We're in good hands. Amen. And as we, uh, again, engage with this, this is a, an evolving thing. If there's a hope in my, in my heart is that you, even with all the turmoil and difficulty and the, even sometimes the suffering of maybe getting sick, that you may have peace. Peace that goes beyond understanding. Amen. Because we are protected. Let's pray. Father, again, we come to you and we, we exalt you. Yes, we praise you. We want to lift up your name. We want to say these things that are in our hearts and minds. But when we come to moments like this, then sometimes our hearts race. Our pulse increases. The anxiety creeps in and it wants to rob us of our peace. And we come before you thanking you for that peace that goes beyond understanding. That peace that only can come from you. That we can hang on to any moment. Amen.